0: Wait what? Wait what? We're on. We're live.
1: Hey you on a Monday. Hey you on a Monday. How goes it? It's pretty good. It's pretty good. When you texted me today, it's one of those freaky life. Mon- Is my audio okay? Yeah. Sarah and I had audio issues the other day too, so now I'm just all kinds of paranoid. Um, when you had texted me today about our recording time it's one of those really funny life moments where weird things just happen but i had uh in my head i was like man i want to podcast with courtney today i don't even want to wait till tomorrow i want to talk to him today like i want right to talk on. to my i want to talk to my friend
0: and <laughs> all of a sudden you get a text hey i need to i need to move
1: Hey, what's what not about that. Are you there? Uh, you connected yeah, to here. my Bluetooth. Can you hear me? <laughs> okay. Oh, Lord. I need to start remembering that the way I need to start remembering that the way I remember Do Not Disturb.
0: Yeah. I think maybe it's more important than <laughs> <laughs> Do Not Disturb.
1: I was watching the football game, man. I was watching the the football
0: game Yeah, I just like literally just turned off the TV. Literally. I mean, not so would bleed in the back, background.
1: It's not like it's any kind of an exciting game, I mean. No. Like no, not no, at no, all, not at all. <laughs> not at all. I I feel like the primetime games this year have been dull. Just dull. Boring, but how is your day been? Or I should say, how are you doing?
0: All is well. Uh, I don't know if I'm trying to, to get a little flu time, something going on, or what's going on, but you know has been in constant drip mode mm-hmm. here today. And uh, it's like, whatever, but whatever. Ain't nobody got time for that. Man, I have a, a busy week ahead. We'll talk about it here in a little bit. Oh boy. How are you doing? What's your how's your week?
1: Oh, how has my week been? My week has actually been pretty boring, pretty uneventful. Um still the most important thing going on in my life is the cats. So we may as well get into that. They are on day four of being left alone while I go to work. There has been no Everybody fur. Let's see. Um, so mine and Katie's working theory, Katie's my close friend and she's been helping me with the cats the most here, is that Sasha is fine with beings when I'm not around. But then when I'm around, it's a, oh, that's my daddy issue. And she acts up. Because I'll come home and they'll be near each other. Not like cuddling, but they'll be near each other. She'll look perfectly fine. Today I walk through the door, she's I have this like blanket set up on top of my desk so one of them can like lay beside me. Um, she's on the blanket. He's in the chair. They're sleeping just fine. No issues. I come through the door. She looks up before he does, and she immediately starts growling at him. <laughs> and I'm like, Sasha, you're really kind of a bitch. And you're making it really uh, hard to defend you here. <laughs> you, see what, you see the real dynamic of the whole thing. But I've always known that Binks, is innocent. Like, Binks just wants a friend. My only issue is Binks wanting to sing me the song of his people at 3 in the morning. Um, like, I know Binks isn't the issue as far as behavior goes. He just wants to play. Sasha's just a bitch, man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's no other way to word it. She's just not nice. <laughs> um. So the cat issue, I mean, it kind of like, the way I see it, it kind of is what it is. Like... I guess, I don't know. If it's months from now and it's still just unpleasant, maybe I'll try to rehome him to a friend because I feel like he deserves a household with cats that are going to like play with him. Like he's, he's still one year old. He's very playful. Like he just wants to play. And if he's going to live with a grumpy ass, I mean, the whole reason I got a cat was for Sasha, anyways, because I'm like, oh, maybe my cat wants a friend. Just stupid. Um, so I'm going to give it a few months, see if she comes around. If she doesn't, I've got so many friends with like a lot of cats that I'm sure I
0: can rehome him to a good house. But, but we see this so this goes back to you don't know what's happening when you're not there. What if just what if when you're not there, they are frolicking and playing and have the best of times. Well maybe I'll get some pet cameras. Maybe I'll get a couple a couple
1: cat <laughs> cameras so I can I just want to do right by the cat. You know what I mean? Like, cause Sasha has been an only cat for years. If this cat is young and wants to play and wants to have friends and Sasha's going to be a bitch to him, I feel wrong keeping him. You know what I mean? But whatever, that's months down the line. I'm not worried about it right now.
0: And I'm sure being in your home is better than being in that cage. And so who's to say that he's not living his best
1: life right now? For sure. But what if I take him to a home with a bunch of like, like Katie's cats? Are just youthful and playful, and there's like three of them, and they all love each other. You know what I'm saying? What if I take him to a house like that, where he and has- then the
0: three, and then the three of them hate him, and jump him. And It'll happen re- for a little bit. <laughs> so, yay! That's a better situation. That's a better life. Yeah. All I'm saying is, you can't micromanage the lives of cats, especially cats. Cats are just the the quirkiest creatures God ever put on our earth. <laughs> <laughs> they have their own thing and their own world. She's got
1: her own thing. All right, don't let me get us. I'm going to get us shut down.
0: Right. So uh, I think that, you know, they are, they as long as they, the, the thing was, as long as they could coexist and be in the same place, you didn't come home to a ball of fur ball of fur. <laughs> A bloody ball of fur. Oh, not the and, bloody part. Yeah, the bloody ball of fur. Then life was okay. And, and that hasn't happened, so let yeah. it be. Enjoy, enjoy your it. two cats. <laughs> um, enjoy them separately. Don't enjoy them together. I would like to enjoy <laughs> them together, but... <laughs> no, that seems to be the problem. are not ready for that part.
1: Uh, gosh, I mean, do I really have I have a firebrand rant lined up for the millennial moment. Oh, <laughs> why are you say it like that? <laughs> oh, <Uh-oh.
0: laughs>
1: there's a certain uh, world event I want to talk about. Um, let's see though. I, I mean, I'm really. It was a very just work heavy. I, I don't know about you. You were saying your nose is running. I am fully operating off the theory that I have some kind of like virus and like months from now when there's some kind of semi-pandemic or just one of those like everybody's getting sick things going around. I'm going to be like, oh, I had that back in October Mm -hmm. because since like, God, man, last week, maybe Wednesday of last week, I have just been, this is my day. I wake up, I feel totally fine, feel good, I feel fine. And then an hour to two hours after being awake, I am like literally like want to pass out exhausted. Like, you know, when you have the flu really bad and it's like no matter how much you sleep, your entire body just feels weak. That's how I feel every single day. Like two hours into my day, man. And then it persists for most of a day. And there'll be these little waves where my energy will pick back up and it'll kind of be okay. And then I'll just and it's like I feel it like in my like behind my eyes. I feel it in my body like it's hard for me to slice at work like it hurts my arm to like slice. It's very weird like I haven't run any fevers. I've been checking on that. I haven't popped a fever. I'm just like extremely fatigued, extremely tired, like all hours of the day. It's very, very weird. Like I'm going to bed like 10 p.m. now which I never do. I'm like the 1 a 1 a.m. kind of – I'm like a go-to-bed-at-1 a.m. and wake up at 6.30 for work kind of guy. And now I'm going to bed at 10 a.m., waking up at 6.30 for work, and by 7.30, I feel like I didn't sleep a wink. It's weird. And Stephanie was feeling similar, only Stephanie actually did run a fever for a bit. I haven't run a fever. And I, When she and I talked about symptoms, I was like, all right, well, let me, you know, keep a little thermometer on myself, check myself whenever I'm feeling terrible. Haven't detected any kind of a fever. Perfectly normal temperature, but I just feel freaking weak, man. And I, I don't know. I don't know what the hell's going on. Have you done a
0: COVID test?
1: Have I done a COVID test? No, I haven't. Maybe. I don't know. I think it could be COVID. I haven't had COVID before, so I guess I wouldn't really know. Yeah. Sounds,
0: sounds a little COVIDy. <laughs> <laughs> Covid like, sounds like you COVID might be the culprit. It could be. It really could be.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. You might be right. <laughs> trying to think. I don't think I did. No, that's really all I have for my week. You might as well take take the show over at this point. I just I don't have much going on this week. No retail therapy know.
0: stories, you know. Yeah. Well, it wasn't a payday week, so didn't go in and buy a you know a new Ferrari. <laughs> hey, I'm
1: still so rocking us all with like seven eighty from payday. I'm so I'm doing all right in the pocketbook. I just
0: I don't want to do any shopping, you know. Right on. Well, my week uh, was of course busy, uh, and it really so much surrounded this past Friday's. Somebody still has their football game going on. No, it's my Bluetooth uh, <laughs> speaker when it shuts down and makes that noise. Oh, <laughs> uh, just like that sounds like <laughs> a whistle and a cheer. What the? Hell? Uh, um, I guess maybe I'm still hearing that in my mind because uh, this past Friday night was the big crosstown rivalry game between uh, Odessa High and Permian for the first time in the last ten years. Odessa High got a very thrilling overtime victory over Permian. Oof. And uh, it was, uh, man, it was a good game. I, I, I will say that. It was a very good game. It was questionable officiating always, you know. Whenever you don't have the luxury of replay in high school, it it affects things, and, you know, uh after the fact and everyone's pulling up because these games are being broadcast, you know, online and everything. And so people are, are screenshotting things and you can tell what was clearly missed calls and everything. And, and, you know, you see that the referees definitely have an effect on the game. I know it's not, you know, highly possible because high school is high school football is not like it is everywhere. Like Rattler stadium has, a ridiculous size Jumbotron TV. And so every and when they do a replay, everyone in the stadium is able to see it right then, just like if, as if you're in a college or NFL game. But you know, that's not typical of everywhere. Um Estown Broadband in Midland, they have a big screen TV. It's not as big and it only works half the time. So it's not like you can really use it for replay or um, Why the hell does it only work half the time? Because it only works half the time. I don't know <laughs> what else to say. It's, it, <laughs> <laughs> I've never been just all that impressed with the uh, video capabilities of a sound broadband, formerly Grande Communication Stadium. It's it's you know, I know it still feels like Grande, but you know, respect to the new company, bought it. Are you are you the guy that calls
1: um, the way Heinz uh, Field in Pittsburgh is now Acroshore Stadium? Do you call it Acershore Stadium now?
0: Oh, I didn't even know it
1: had changed. So I was literally about I mean. to say, or how often is that even in general conversation? For you? Right, I like
0: I had no idea that that had changed names because that's <laughs> been Heinz Field for, for forever. <laughs> but had I now that I know it's something else. But I mean, at the same time, who talks about? Pittsburgh Steelers, so (laughs) you know, I don't don't know what to tell you about that. But uh, moving on, moving on. Um, Man, Friday night, we the band Permians band had probably our best uh, show performance we had had to date, and maybe it was because we our kids were had a different type of fuel and energy because they Uh certainly performed. Uh, like a sub above. <laughs> and maybe it was because they had sandwiches pre-game or pre-game meal came from Jersey Mike. Maybe that was the difference. I don't know. you know it's all that I can point to as far as <laughs> what was different. Um, you know other than the 20,000 people that were in the stands, uh, <laughs> the crowd was ridiculous and it's very interesting because you know I saw you know here in Texas, Foot, high school football is what it is and it was interesting to see someone post uh, all the pictures of the stands you know one side is red and one side is black and, you know it's just it's stuff to the gills it's really impressive being there in person down on the track it's it's hard to uh, really properly explain the atmosphere that exists on those games and I'm just I feel so honored and blessed to even be on the sidelines to witness something like that because it's really spectacular. Um, to hear, you know, just to see the crowd, to see the kids feed off the crowd. And uh, it, it's, just, it's just really cool to watch. But there was someone who posted that this is wrong. Why are so many people just so wrapped up in high school football? Um, I can't believe that so many people would go to a game blah 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 i'm just let like let people have fun man yeah let people live their life a and b you know this is the this was this was especially once upon a time this was the identity of a town you know how well a town did in their football was the only way that you knew of a town and if they went far and they went deep in playoffs that meant that they got to travel and play at different places and the whole town traveled with them. And, you know, it, it's just, it goes so much deeper. It, football in Texas, and especially West Texas, and the more rural parts of West Texas, um, football is such an important part of the culture, and part of the way of life. And so, uh, you know, getting to experience those types of games, I'm hoping that we get to see the same thing. I know that the Permian Faithful, Will show up at Sound uh, Sound broadband on this Friday, as we make the trip over to Midland to play the Legacy Rebels, losers, <laughs> who are just juggernauts right now. They're they're blowing the world apart, and so uh, it's not looking good for Old Mojo. They uh, do even always. to make the playoffs, bro. It's it's whew, it's some hard times over there. Yeah,
1: Legacy's football team is great. I mean, it normally almost always is. Um, Right. I do agree entirely with what you said. I used to be one of those people that would, like, mock high school football. You guys are so excited over a high school football game. But I moved out of Texas, and I realized how big of a deal it is. And I'm like, man, these people don't have culture. (laughs) I need some high school football. These people don't know how to live life, like – they don't know about their own football teams. They don't even really care. But, no, granted, it's Massachusetts. But it is a different beast. And I think it is a really good thing for, like, the schools and the community at large.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's just nothing like it. Nothing like it. Um, but, yeah, our you know, Permian, we had a phenomenal halftime performance. And we've always been a band that we turn on the lights. We We kind of step up to the plate. Our kids love to perform, and they love to be in that big spotlight. And there was really no bigger spotlight in the great state of Texas than what we experienced on Friday night. And so uh, it was a great performance. It gives us a lot of energy going into this weekend, which this weekend is the real start of the, the trek to the state marching contest. Because this Saturday is UIL Marching Contest uh, at Ratlow Stadium. All the small schools go earlier in the day. And when we get into prime time, it's time for the big boy schools, our 46A schools. So Legacy will go first. I believe they uh, start at 730. Then 745 is Permian, followed by uh, Midland High at 8. And at 830, Odessa High. Um, Odessa High is going for their eighty-fourth consecutive first division in Marching, which um, wow. they are already the the record holder at eighty-three. Wow! And uh, you know that's the thing that they hold on dear to, and they're very proud of that record. There have been several years where I've seen Odessa High's band, and I'm just like, oh. These, ju- you know, it's a lot of pressure on judges because they they tout their record very heavily.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know that if you're the judge who gives them their first second division, you know, you're going to be in the record book forever, too. <laughs> and so uh, there have been times where I'll, I'll just say I don't think that they've deserved a one. But because of reputation, they got a one. Okay. And um, I think that their band, you know, they've experienced a lot of downsizing. They are uh, the smallest Odessa High band that I've seen, maybe ever. But they have so much heart. Those kids are just working like you would not believe. They really believe in their head director. I do, too. Staff really great people. Um, but I don't know. I I don't know if what I saw on Friday night is the first division, and there's only a week to get it to get it better.
1: Well, I do want to ask about that because, unless I'm not remembering correctly, I've heard you tell us about Midland High's show, and you definitely told us about Legacy. And of course, we've heard about Permian, but have you talked much about what Odessa's show is and what they're doing and how it looks and all that?
0: No, because uh, Friday was the first time I've seen it. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So that was the very first time that I had seen it. I've had, you know, friends who who went to a game and they had seen it before, and they gave their report. It wasn't just glowing, but, you know, at that point in the season, um, it was kind of, you know, this is what – this is where – this is kind of where you expect it to be, and so – when I saw them this Friday, you know, a week away from contest, I was expecting one thing and about something else. And I'm a little concerned. I am concerned. I'll say that. I am concerned uh, about their consecutive sweepstakes mark. And it's not me being dirty or being ugly or anything like that. It's I can't help but be analytical. I can't help but approach these shows and what I see from a very – critical standpoint and I get the you know you're just supposed to love it blah 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 the kids blah 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 but the kids know that they are in a competition it's why they do it and so the kids know they understand you know um the pressure of winning and losing the pressure of first divisions first they they understand they know Mm -hmm. they know and so I'm hoping that sometimes it, it doesn't wake you up until you see somebody else. And I'm hoping that, you know, Odessa High, they went first. They were the visitors last week. And uh, then they stood on the sides and they watched Permian. And I, I hope that they felt a difference and, were, and saw a difference. Same thing when, when uh, this Friday night, you know, um, a lot of the legacy people, you know, they're under a belief that, you know, their band is just the greatest ever. And the legacy people? Yeah, they they they, no. they, yeah. they they, you know, they have a really strong belief in their kids. And I appreciate that. I really appreciate that. But it's hard to be objective. So to be self-aware, yeah, it, it's hard. That's hard. It's hard to be. Excuse me, self-aware. Now, I'm I'm hoping that you know, this past week they saw a Friendship, which is a very good band, a very very good band, and I hope that that brought a little bit of self-awareness. Um, not to say that that Legacy is just awful. I think that they're on. They they will get a one. I will put it this way, I think that they're in better shape than Odessa High is. Oh, shit. And they have the luxury of going first. So these judges have only seen the four A's and the three A's and all the small schools. And granted there are some very we have some very good small school bands. You know, when legacy takes the field it's going to be a change in, in, in level, a change in competition. And I think that they will be okay. Odessa High's problem is that they have to follow Permian and Midland High. And I just think that those two shows are just so far above what, what the other two are doing that as a judge, as a human being, it's going to be impossible while they're not supposed to at this level, they're not supposed to judge one against the other.
1: Um, what you're you just—they're like just supposed to. Ju- you were about to say it. Sorry.
0: <laughs> yeah, you're—they're just looking at this individual band's performance. Okay. It's not a competition of one versus the other. This is an evaluation of just your band's performance. So there's there's no ranking. There's no you know who did better than who, not at this particular contest. The the following week, that is the situation, but not this time around. So, but it's a human element. Right. So when you when you're somewhere and you see you're watching marching bands all day long, your mind can't help but think, well, is this one better than that one? And if I gave this one this. Then for the sake of consistency, shouldn't I give that one this? True, Very true. And so um, I think for for that reason, it's going to be very difficult. Odessa High is in a very tough spot. And um, for the sake of the area, and I I don't know, I think I've talked about this last week where the reason why the bands are so friendly with each other is because we all need each other to advance. We need, in order for, for our area to send three bands to the state marching contest, we have to send 15 bands to the area contest which means everybody's got to get a one. There is no wiggle room. If just one band fails to get a first division in our area, then that means only two bands advance to state marching contest. Midland and Permian. Yeah, well, I don't know who. We'll see. Um, one of the other interesting things that happened this weekend is Midland High went to El Paso uh, for the Sakura ISD March Fest. And this is typically a tournament for El Paso schools and El Paso bands. And it's a chance for them to go mano a mano, duke it out to see who's the best in El Paso. Well, Midland High crashed their little party decided <laughs> to go. And the reason they went they went to this contest is to get a feel of the stadium where our area contest will be um, – the 21st. And so, you know, they had never been there. Um, Permian, we played a football game there in that stadium last year. And so, you know, we're a little bit more familiar with it. Apparently, it's under construction all around it, like the parking lot. Mm-hmm. So, Midland High went to go and get kind of a, they went, they were our scout team for our area, uh, for our little region down here. And so they went to go and check it out. And, See what the what the layout was like. Uh, get their kids an opportunity to march in that stadium, which is very wide open. It's a it's a lot like, um, sound broadband, where it's just a wide open space, um, and that's much more difficult to play in. Like it's it the sound is much different than the other stadium. So it was good for them to go. Uh, I knew going in. It's just from my years of being experience that it's hard to win in El Paso. It's hard. It is hard to win in El Paso in an El Paso contest. They just
1: bias uh, towards each other, or what?
0: Yeah, because of the bias, you know, towards each other. That contest is created to for the best in El Paso to see who's the best in El Paso. Every Other people are invited, but you know, this ain't about you, bro. <laughs> this is about the schools in El Paso. And so when I found out, when I saw that Midland High came out fifth in that contest, uh, I was a little taken aback because I don't think that Midland High is a fifth place major. Uh Not in that context. However, uh, I totally get it, because I know what El Paso is. What are you doing? Are you okay? Oh, dude. Oh, never mind. Okay. <laughs> are you there? You can yeah. Hear. What are? What is going on in your world? So so
1: sorry. So before we got on the podcast, I had ordered myself a little pumpkin spice latte DoorDash uh, from Starbucks, <laughs> and they dropped it off to my neighbor's house. So then my neighbors just go, like, are kind of, like, at my door, and I'm like, uh... Oh that she isn't supposed to knock and it was my neighbor lady and she was real sweet she was like this is yours with like a little nice smile and I was like oh thank you I'm sorry please (laughs) continue with the band I just had to get my PSL man
0: (laughs) the sounds you were making it was just like what the hell is going on over?
1: (laughs) I was so fucking confused at first I thought they were like stealing my shit dude I was like no way (laughs) <laughs> yes. but then she was like really sweet about it and then I looked at the picture and it was delivered at their door and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, okay. I'm going to just sip my coffee and listen to your band story. My bad, my bad. <laughs>
0: um, but yeah, so uh, it's hard to win an El Paso and the winner of the whole contest ended up being a 5A school. Uh, El Paso Hanks. But the two schools that placed, uh, you know, that were next uh, in the 6A were Pebble Hills High School and um, El Paso Coronado. Pebble Hills is is probably the newest school in El Paso and they have probably the best facilities. Uh, It's built in probably the richest part of El Paso. And it is just a dynamic program. They finished last year. They finished fourth. It was very close fourth uh, behind Milam High. So they're a program of interest. You know, they are definitely contenders in the whole thing. As is El Paso Coronado. Coronado was always the the top band in El Paso. When I was growing up, and uh, I went up against Coronado several times. And it was always you know, very difficult, very difficult to beat El Paso Coronado. That's the Thunderbird band. They're <laughs> very good.
1: You know, Steph yeah. was in Marching Band when she grew up, and she grew up in El Paso.
0: I should ask her what school. Yeah, find out what school she went to. But there are some excellent bands out there, but uh, Coronado has always been the top of the food chain mm. uh, there. Uh, but now Pebble Hills is kind of the, the top dog out there. Uh, and so those two those two schools are going to be contenders. You know, last year with Pebble Hills finishing fourth, um, they left Odessa with a bad taste in their mouth and, uh, revenge is one hell of a motivator. And so they are looking to get to the state marching contest. And, you know, I think that one of the schools, one of these schools out this way is they're in for a run for their money. Um, I just I feel like unless we have a ca- catastrophic failure that Permian b- are based on our difficulty of our show, which is now a new category, uh, you get points for what's called demand. And it's kind of like gymnastics, how they start off with a base score. Mm-hmm. You know, this is the max score that you can get based on the elements that you're that you're doing. That's what marching band has started to do. And our demand is extremely high for our show uh, because of the marching that we're doing, but more because of the music, the music things that we're trying to accomplish. And so, um, you know, it makes it to where we can score a lot more points than everyone else. And right now we're we're doing those things. And especially Friday night. I felt like it was again, it was just it was a complete performance. We finally came together with the performance that we've been hoping and wanting to get all season long. And it finally came, came kind of came together. So man, it's it's coming down to the to the nitty-gritty. Um UIO is this week. I encourage all of our listeners. Uh, to go to UIL marching contest at Ratlow Stadium. Uh, Be there no later than 715 uh, to see all of the 6A bands, Uh, but it's an all-day contest. See all of our local uh, area schools, the Andrews's, the uh, Monahans, the Winks, the Big Spring, all of those people. Greenwood. I don't want to leave anybody else out, but now, all of these schools out here, in West Texas, um, will be uh, performing and going for their Division One rating. And this contest, again, it's not about a ranking system. It's not a who's better than who. It's just you're competing against yourself and the standardized um, scoring methods of the University Interscholastic League. So that's what's going on in the band world. That's the update there. We're really excited. Uh, finally came together with a great show, and now it's time to do it for real this weekend. Nice. And I know that my kids are ready. I, I feel like they're ready. We're still we're constantly changing things. To it's like at this point we're adding. We keep adding whipped cream and sprinkles. <laughs> just you know, when when you when you when something's already good, you make something good, and you just to feel like you can just do, just let's tweak this. Let's let's add a little splash here. Let's add a little splash. That's where we are right now. We're, we're adding splashes guys, and touches.
1: When do you guys start
0: focusing on UIL? When do they start focusing? I mean, that's the focus all year is UIL. I mean, that's, that's always the goal.
1: But when yeah. does, like, all the UIL stuff start?
0: Well, that's that's what I'm saying. So the first contest is this. Sorry. Region Marching Contest. Oh, and these back. are all UIL. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. That's, that's the first UIL event. And then the next week on October 21st is uh, the Area Marching Contest, which will be in El Paso at Securo ISD Stadium. Mm-hmm. And that's when all the bands from El Paso, San Angelo, you know, um, we all meet up in El Paso and compete for the spots to see who's going to represent Area A uh, at the state marching contest in San Antonio, which for us will happen on October 31st, Halloween.
1: Man, let these kids have Halloween.
0: Nope. They're going <laughs> to get to be in the costume.
1: <laughs> They're band uniform.
0: Trick or
1: treat. <laughs> you know what you haven't talked about in a long time, man, before we get into your mind? Sorry. Go ahead. And I forget that you're even, but you haven't talked about the elementary school at all since band started. We haven't heard anything about the kiddos. <laughs> we haven't heard about any mom dropping off her kid drama. We haven't heard nothing
0: about, about the other, other school job you got. Well, you know, I think that partly because this year is so much smoother. Okay. Um, you know, last year, everything was so new. And they were new to me. I was new to them. Uh, it was just a lot of newness. And so everything was constantly like, oh, my God, oh, my God. But this year, I feel like, you know, it's been it's been about expectation. You know, you set very clear expectations of this is what it's supposed to be, and then it, that's what it is. Uh, we do have a lot of new kids. And I think I have talked about, like, our newcomer program.
1: You did which yeah. is
0: yeah, which is that's I mean, if anything is the biggest drama right now, it's that. And it's about to get much more dramatic on uh, tomorrow when we get a brand new class of twenty sub kids that In October. Are, yeah, that are for coming to you know, that are gonna be in school for the first time in the United States of America. And all these kids are coming from um Spanish-speaking countries, this time. And so uh, we've already hired new staff to accommodate. Uh, we had to give up our last classroom that we were using for like a meeting room, but now it's been reconverted into a regular classroom. And so we're at max capacity right now. And, uh, you know, getting this new class of, of fifth graders uh, we'll see how that works out. It's it's not been very easy. Uh, I will say that it, it has been a, a serious challenge. But right now, my serious challenge is coming up with programming. So I, I established this year a parent committee and homeroom parents who their job is to help the individual, you know, the different teachers that, that they are assigned to with anything that they need help with in the classroom, try to alleviate some of the pressures from the teachers. Give them, um, you know, someone to do the the small tasks like laminating stuff and cutting out stuff and helping to prepare for lessons, things like that. So these homeroom parents also are helping me determine (sighs) um, programming for the school. Because one of the things that got criticized for, and it was came from you know from the parents, mm. was that our programming was not inclusive. That we celebrated Hispanic people a whole lot. Uh, we celebrated Black people in February, but at no point do we celebrate White people. Oh my goodness! And and they felt a little left out of the equation. And while I asked, well, how do we go about celebrating white people? Like, when is white people appreciation month? What what do you want us to, to what do you want to see? Like, what does that look like? Like, just help me understand what that looks like. And of course, there was no clear answer. There was no answer. Because no one has an answer on what white people appreciation is. <laughs> Courtney said,
1: Courtney said, welcome to our new program. It's called Every Damn Day of Your Life. Let's talk
0: about it. (laughs) You know, but I can't say those things. (laughs) And so as I'm the one who's having to relay this to everyone else at the campus, like, I is so this has been, that has been the biggest challenge that I am facing this year because I am the constant middleman. That's what my our, uh, our head custodian, he named me that. He was just like, you're the middle man. it's like, man, I see everyone Everyone is, uh, is always trying to get you to do something, and you're just walking in the middle. You're just constantly on one side or the other, trying to get everybody to kumbaya together. He said, I wouldn't want your job for anything. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, I feel you. I'm glad that you recognize that, because you're exactly right. I am the middle man, and I'm just trying to make it work for everyone. So uh, in trying to make our 12% of our student population happy. um, He threw out the percentage. Well, it's 74, 12, and 10, and 2. Those are our populations. We're 74% Hispanic. We're 12% white. We're 10% black. and We're 2% Asian. And those are the demographics of Peace Academy, which mimic just about every campus in MISD, with the exception of maybe two, which those two are the predominantly white schools. Everybody else, we're all in the same boat, and I don't know if they are all dealing with the same pressures that I am as far as, you know, I gotta make programming work for everyone, but Having my meetings last week, I had, uh, I've decided to have a Monday meeting and a Friday meeting for my parents because, of course, we could not come to consensus on a meeting day. And so uh, I'm just like, fine, I will have the, the same meeting twice. and You come to the ones that that works best for you. And lo and behold, all the Hispanic and minority parents came with All the white peers came to the other. Oh, my gosh. I'm just like, oh, my goodness. This is the opposite of everything I wanted to have happen here. But I think that that will change over time. It will have to. Um, But, you know, we are talking about, because this is, we're in Hispanic Heritage Month. And so my secretary keeps bugging me. What are we going to do? Because you know, if we do, if we don't do anything for this group, then we can't do anything for the other groups. Which that's a direct threat of, if you don't do something for Hispanic Month, then you can't do anything for Black Month. That's what she. That's what my secretary is telling me very indirectly, and I really don't appreciate that. And I have to remind her. I said there are multiple opportunities for us to do something for Hispanic, uh, for the Hispanic people because. You have a bonus time. You have Cinco de Maya. And don't forget that we did multiple uh, events for the Hispanic culture last year. So let's not – let's don't do that to me. <laughs> yeah, what, you're like, what, I am not the one. Yeah, I'm, I'm really not the one.
1: I'm, well, especially – sorry. Especially when you got so much grief about your Black History
0: Month program. Yeah, which was the first time that that school had done it in, like, 14 years.
1: But, like, can I ask an honest question? Sure. And this is going to make me sound like that white guy, but I don't, I don't care. When are we going to stop pretending like Hispanic people are a minority in Midland, Texas? They're the majority. Fake. They're not a minority. Not you just said minority. they're 70% of your school. They're, like, what? Yeah, they're, like, what? They're, like, 48 or 49% of Midland as a whole or something like that?
0: No, it's they're it in the 70s. bro. This is a Hispanic
1: town. I mean, I knew it was, but I thought I thought it was pretty. I thought it was like pretty close between whites and uh, Hispanics and um, African Americans were like ten percent. But that proves the point even further. Why are we pretending like they're like there's some underrepresented minority? They're not. They're the vast majority. So I, I mean, sure, celebrate Hispanic Heritage Month. Absolutely, I'm not arguing with that. But like you're not some underrepresented minority in the slightest,
0: and, and you know that's that's another like, how do you say that <laughs> exactly how I just said it, <laughs> but, you, but trying to be culturally sensitive, like I feel like what I have I say to walk that was on an so an many there, I have to walk on so many eggshells because they're they're like, unless you want to get in an argument all the time. You can't be as blunt and direct as you want to be.
1: So I just don't see I what that. I said there was like insensitive. You know what I mean? Like what's insensitive about that? You're the majority. You are. It's fact. That's factual.
0: But telling them to stop, stop feeling like the minority. Okay. Because Because here's, here's the thing. Even though those are the numbers, where does the power lie? And that's what the question always is, is where is the power lie? Who are the decision makers? It's definitely not the Hispanic population here. The decision makers are still, even though they are the minority population, but it's still Caucasian.
1: Well should get out and vote.
0: vote. Well, you know, that's that is definitely one one factor. Um, if they got out and voted and they voted in block then they could definitely, they could definitely take over anything, any office, any public office. But that wasn't that wouldn't change who's in charge of these companies. It wouldn't change, you know, it wouldn't change those things. Mm-hmm. they might have every elected official, but that's not changing who's in charge of the oil companies, it's running different, you know, all the the companies that we use on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. So that power structure is still very Caucasian, um, and maybe that's the reason why minorities feel like they're the minority, even though they're the majority population. It's kind of like the it's kind of like uh, you can equate it to the Electoral College and voting, the popular vote versus the Electoral College. It's not the same. That's true.
1: All I will say is, and it's it's not that and maybe it goes indicative to a further like a larger problem that i don't fully grasp but like if a town or a city is majority white it's all white people running shit if a town or city is majority black most of the time it's all black people running shit because they care Hispanic people need to get out and vote they need to care yeah well yeah you know but whatever it's it's i just it's a curious discussion but it's also you know a white guy and a black guy talking about
0: it, so. <laughs> but, you know, it's interesting, though. Yeah, and so, you know, that, that again, that's the, if there's anything that I'm dealing with at peace, that's what it is. Uh, we're still on pins and needles. Everyone's waiting for the letter grades, but we still don't have finding out exactly what we are. Mm-hmm. Uh, my campus is fully bracing to go back from being a B to an F, um, which uh, God, this it's so devastating to even think about that. But you know, when, when we chart our individual achievements, uh, our individual student achievement versus you know where we were last year versus where does individual achievements fall this year using the old equating system. So. I mean, that's why we, we don't know. We just don't know. We're having to use previous criteria decisions about this year. It, you know, that doesn't necessarily work. So uh, I don't know. I don't know.
1: Hmm.
0: I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he but, does uh, not know. There are things this year that are just not as challenging. There are things that are more challenging. Um, I think it's more challenging because we did run, we are now running so effectively. And this is the same, this can be said for marching band uh, because, you know, the conversations that we had as a staff this past weekend after that performance is, you know, how do we get better? How do we get better? And I had to remind our head director that when things get really good, it's, it becomes the attention to detail. The minute things start to matter that much more, because that's all that's left to clean, and so that's where we are at peace. I feel like like we're such a uh, operationally, we are doing the things that we need to do. So it makes the the minute things stand out that much more. Uh, but we're working on it, uh, and I don't know how, but we're gonna have some programming. And I don't know if it's going to be super, you know, super heavy Hispanic, but I'm going to do my best to represent the culture. Um, I'm going to do my best to make sure that everyone is included in our programming and feels welcome. One thing I'm not going to do, and this is (laughs) what what it finally tilted and became the pushing point last year, if you remember, is when that teacher decided to have, Cinco de Mayo program, and it was all in Spanish. I do remember that. Yeah, that was the that was the tipping point, and that's the reason why I'm having to walk this balancing act right now. Is that it's the same teacher still there? Program. Yeah, she's still there. Oh, okay, and she's putting on a program. Uh, she uh, she asked only to do one program, and that's her Día de los Muertos. Mm-hmm. Which, if you ever seen the movie Coco, yeah, it's that. Yeah, <laughs> that. the S S is really neat. Yeah, that's the it, it. It's exactly that, and so we did that last year. You know, that was one of the three Hispanic Heritage programs that we did, and uh, she's doing it again this year. She came before I got there to my meet my parent meeting. On Friday, she went in there and she begged us for help and all this kind of stuff. Because she already knew, like, me and her are the only people, like, on campus, we're not cool. And I don't (laughs) pretend to be cool with her. She don't pretend to be cool with me. We coexist, but we're not cool. You're Sasha and Binks. Yes, we are Sasha and Binks. And there's there's no fur. There is no fur anywhere. We don't even hiss at each other. We can be in a room and be cordial, I hold the door open for whatever, you yeah. know. <laughs>
1: You're adults in the workplace. Yeah, adults in try the workplace. To, I tried to tell employees I have adult employees. Let me tell you all something. The adults that I employ are worse than the teenagers I employ. But um, I have to tell the adults, like, don't schedule me with her. I, I'm not a daycare. You're gonna work with who you work with. You're gonna act like a grown adult, and if you don't like it, you can go anywhere else in Midland, Texas, and get a job. I don't need you here. Like, work with each other. I, I don't care. I don't care to hear. Yeah, yeah.
0: Adults in a workplace.
1: Yeah, just shut adults up and do your work. what you're paid to do.
0: Which, which honestly, is another one of the hardest parts of my job is managing adults in a workplace. <laughs> yeah, because. Because a teacher A will be mad at teacher B, and I'm just like I really don't care because the kids and you know, teacher A and teacher B are both in my ear. Which again, this is what our head custodian sees the whole thing. He's just like, man, you're the middleman. <laughs> you're the guy everybody comes to, no matter what their problem is or what side it is. They will come in and have a conversation with you to try and fix it and remedy it. I'm just like, bro, this is not in my job description. This is not <laughs> what I was supposed to be doing. I
1: just but, don't see why um,
0: teachers are beefing. Like, you're just supposed to be
1: teaching your students. What's there to beef about?
0: Bro, there's always something to beef about. Be it resources, be it time. Yeah. Uh, you know, they share these students. And so, um, like, you are sharing. You're vying you're for their attention. And... These tests that have to be taken at the end of the year are based on what you do, not what your team does. So you know, the, the teachers, they feel that pressure. This is a challenge for them. But speaking of feeling the pressure, speaking of education in general, what's on my mind? What is on my mind is the state of public education and the effort. That Governor Craig Abbott is making to undo public education. Uh, the tomorrow marks the opening of the special session that he has called uh, for the state uh, representatives with the sole purpose of passing a bill to allow vouchers um, to allow public tax dollars to fund privatized education. It has been a hotbed issue. It has been a hot button issue. There are no one in public schools who want to see this happen. Um, there are, I mean, the only people who seem to be vying for this are people who in, in the business sector, because they're trying to make schools operate like a business, Mm-hmm. And they want to what they call what they're calling uh, give parents a choice in their education, give them more flexibility and options on um, where they send their their kids uh, to school. Well, that can already happen. Go to private school. It's just if you choose to go to private school, then you pay for it. Don't take money away from public kids, public school kids, so that you can go to private school. Because you're not happy with what's going on, you have two options. And I tell, I will tell parents this: you have two options. You go to private school, or you can homeschool. But you're not going to dictate what happens in, in our in our school. It's just not going to happen. Although I say that, and here I am fighting over programming because a <laughs> handful of white people are mad that we spend too much time talking about Hispanic stuff. So. You said a handful of white people. <laughs> So I don't know. I don't know. I, but I, what I do know is this voucher system is wrong. And it was very interesting uh, at the football game. Um, the representative, the state representative that represents Ector County, who does not represent Midland County, strangely enough. The representative for Midland County is Tom Craddock. And I've written his office multiple times. And he is firmly in favor of vouchers. Uh, every time he writes back, he talks about how uh, he wants to give parents more options and let them be in control of their children's education. And The way to do that is providing them with vouchers so that they can send their kids to any school they want to. <sighs> uh-huh. However, is that how that works? I guess, in, in their mind anyway, um... However, the representative that represents Edgar County, um, oh, my God, wow, Brooks Langrath, uh, feels different. And at the football game, because he is a Permian alum, uh, he's actually a Permian band alum. And all throughout the years, he's always come by and talked. And he and the head director have kind of formed a little friendship or whatever. And so he came over and he was talking to Jeff and I, and um, I told him, you know, we're, we're talking about the crowd and everything. And I said, I said, look at this crowd. You can't, I said, look at this environment. You can't replicate this in a private school setting. And vouchers would only take away from this. And I'd help this. And uh, he said, you know, I, I agree. He said, Uh, Many things, you know, I I agree with my good friend, the governor, but this is one thing that I think that he's gotten wrong and I don't stand with, for public vouchers. I'm not going to ever vote for that. Uh, I think that we need to do everything we can to protect public education. He said, I'm a product of public education. My kids are in public schools. They're not in private schools. Uh, I understand the importance of public schools. And the role that they play in our in creating a better society for everyone, I would not want to defund that in any kind of a way. And so I told him, I said, "I'm very glad to hear you say that. You know, um, this is the this is really truly the backbone of who we are as a society. It's what's going on here. You should have gotten that on the record, right? Well, I mean, <laughs> it was at a football game in the middle of the game, so." Just a casual conversation. And, um, but just to hear him say that, I no, I wish I could, should have pulled out my phone and said, Can you say that again? Here <laughs> exactly. <in my> phone?
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Put on my reporter hat. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But it was good to hear him say that. Um, and what, and the reason I bring that up is because there are so many Republicans who on this particular issue do not side with Governor Abbott. Um, they understand what this is for what it is. And we even talked about that a little bit further. and talked about, you know, this is a capitalistic um, plot to try to get money off of education. There's a big pot of money there that they that they've not been able to touch. And now these people who are already mega rich Need to find another source of income, yeah, and they think that they can do that uh, by draining public education. But there are people out here who are not for it. There was a huge rally on Saturday. Uh, people went to Austin and protested. Um, I imagine that that will continue to happen uh, up until once again our state legislatures just. Puts their foot down and says, No, we're not going to vote in favor of this. And I don't care how many special sessions you hold us to. I don't know, I care how long you hold us hostage here in Austin. We're not going to bend to, you know, to, we're not going to fall under your will, sir. We're, we're not going to do this.
1: It's frustrating just how persistent he is with it. Like, it's just such a clear, ulterior motive when he just, spend so much time and effort and energy focusing on it. Yes. When I mean, are there even any, like, I'm sure you don't have them off the top of your head, but are there public opinion polls on how the state as, like, at large feels about it? Because they would have to imagine it's not overwhelmingly popular. It's not popular at all. And oh, that's there you what,
0: go. what is so confusing. There is no public, there is no great public support for a voucher system. None done in any like even amongst just Republican voters it's not a popular idea so it just means that you know it means very clearly that he's listening to the riches of the rich complain about how they can get richer it be, the, the reasoning behind all of it just it's so clear it is so crystal clear yeah. So that is my my you know what's on my mind is this, this is happening. This is really happening. Uh, I encourage everyone to to reach out to their representatives uh, here in the great state of Texas. If you are in the Midland area, Midland, I think Midkiff, um, everything towards like La Mesa and going that way. Tom Craddock is our representative. If you're Ector County and going down that way, then you have Brooks Landgraf. And just let him know that you support his decision and and that you are behind him. Uh, Because, you know, again, like we talked about in previous weeks, previous episodes, that these people are are simply there to get reelected. And so everything that they do, they do it in mind with the thought of, this is going to help me get reelected. or people behind my decisions? This is going to help me get reelected. And so taking such a hard line stance against your Republican governor is politically dangerous. So uh, Brooks needs to know that people support him. Uh, Tom Craddock needs to know that, that you will not support him uh, if he continues down this road of being supportive of vouchers. Um, and this goes to the to the whole debate on you know maybe age limits and term limits because Tom Craddock doesn't have any skin in the game anymore like in education yeah. he doesn't have anyone that's in public education he's old he's like 107 every time but, you
1: say Tom Craddock I think of Kid Craddock in the morning <laughs> well,
0: he wishes <laughs> He wishes he was that relevant. <laughs> uh, but, you know, Brooks is young. He and, and Shelby, his his wife, who was on the news, who was an anchor for CBS 7 for years, and has moved into the private sector. Um,
1: you know, they have young
0: children who are, are in school. And like you said, they're in public school. And so he has invested interest in what's happening here. And because of that, you know, I think that that definitely helps to shape his opinion on the whole matter. So, uh, good people, good late waters. We need you to to uh, shake the trees, we need you to write, tweet, mm-hmm. do all those things to your representatives. Uh, people all over the state. You know, we need to be very supportive of the legislatures who are actually doing the work to fight against these vouchers they're going to continue to feel immense pressure from Governor Will's on this particular issue. He's not going to, he's not gonna roll away on this, and so it'll be very interesting to see how it all shakes out. Uh, one last thing, Craddock was here on Friday night at the uh, Legacy versus Friendship game. He gave the the coin toss, and MISD had put out the picture, talked about Tom Craddock was supporting. Uh, supporting schools by being there. Thank you for supporting our schools. Of course, I I tweeted back and was just like, actually, he supports vouchers, which does not support our schools. I said, but it was it's a cute photo op. Thanks for being here. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it we have to be real about why people show up to these different things, and you know, a photo op is a photo op, but. You have to pay attention to what they're supporting and whether they support you or whether they support their own pockets. I'm done. <laughs> Good soapbox today. Well, I need to
1: pull something up really quick for my millennial moment.
0: Yeah, you got me all excited about since you had some, some ranting to do. So. <sighs> it's, nothing oh, I think. it's nothing exciting. Nothing yeah. exciting.
1: Um, yeah, so not our usual transition, um, but we're going to talk about the absolutely disgusting and animalistic uh behavior of the Hamas militant strikes in Israel.
0: Because it is... well, I thought you were going to go with this
1: yeah it's very real it's very serious um so just 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 a brief little timeline for people who may not be 110 percent certain about everything that's going on i mean i've barely seen i mean i've seen news coverage but not the amount that would be appropriate for the situation that's going on um But uh, at least 560 people... Oh, no, give me one second. I'm so sorry. So at least 900 Israeli people, soldiers, and citizens are dead and 2,500 injured with at least 11 American citizens. And there are 560 Palestinians killed and about 2,900 injured from retaliatory, retaliatory Israeli airstrikes. So... On October 7th, at about 6.30 a.m., rocket barrages, um, somewhere estimated around a number of 5,000, were fired into southern and central Israel, hitting many things like hospitals, residential apartments, residential homes, schools, government buildings, etc. Shortly after that, uh, Hamas quote-unquote, freedom fighters started to pour into Israel, attacking and killing men, women, children. Um, There's been a widespread epidemic of rape going on. Uh, That is also, just so people are completely aware of what we're doing here, so when Little Punk asks people like Chance Horton, who think they're so smart and think they're so woke, and who are supporting these people... There have been somewhere estimated between 80 to 170 cases of children between the ages of 5 and 11 raped by Hamas soldiers, Hamas militants. So let's just make that very clear. So then around October 7, 1030 local time in Israel, Mm -hmm. fighter jets start going out to fight the um, Hamas strikes. And now the whole Israeli area and the area around um, what's that worthless piece of bullshit they always fight over? What's it called? They got the got strip. Yeah, that. Um, so it's, it's an all out war zone with citizens being murdered, children being murdered and raped. All of this in the name of some holy right to live somewhere based on what bullshit book you believe. Um, I mean, it's really just disgusting. I mean, it's absolutely horrific. I'm not pretending like Israel is some perfect little innocent, like, shining lighthouse. Like, no, I know Israel's pretty fucked, and I know that a lot of things that they've done aren't great. And even Israel's whole existence is pretty insulting to the Palestinian people that live there and were forced out of their home in the creation of Israel. And that is a historical fact, and it's not right. It's not correct. I'm not saying it is. But the absolutely barbaric attacks and actions carried out by Hamas and these Palestinian... you know They call themselves freedom fighters, but they're terrorists, um, and they're animals that need to be snuffed out like rabid animals. The things that they are doing to these people... I understand when it's a militant target. I understand when you're fighting military versus military. I still don't like it. I'm not a fan of war, but... When you're fighting militant targets, it's one thing. When you are killing and murdering and raping women and children, it's a whole different story. A whole different story. It's it's, it's something that you would think in 2023 wouldn't exist anymore. But when you're a group of people that still believe that women shouldn't speak and should be subservient to their husbands... And you think that if a man rapes a woman, she's at fault for being unloyal to her husband and should be killed. When you think that gay people are a scourge on the earth, when you hate color, when you hate minorities, when you're a very, very, very barbaric, animalistic organization who operates off a very barbaric and animalistic train of thought, I don't understand how any civilized human being could support these people. Any person who calls themselves a liberal, a progressive, a this, or that, you are a hip like the most hypocritical, you are like at the height of hypocrisy if you support these people. Because of what they believe in and the actions that they partake in are circa fifteen fifty, not two thousand and twenty-three. And these are evil, evil, evil people doing evil, disgusting actions to innocent people. And the level of pain and anguish I hope they suffer is astronomical. Mm. And I'll stop there because I understand that when you rant about these things and they get overly emotional, you lose credence. But no one who is progressive or considers themselves progressive in any way, shape, or form should support Hamas, and if you do, you are absolutely the problem, and you are one sorry, dumb-ass motherfucker. And I'm absolutely talking directly to Chance Horton. I hope you still hear this. I hope hope you listen to this, because you are one sorry, dumb motherfucker.
0: Well, uh, first I would just say that, you know, one issue does not make a break, anyone. So, while you feel this way about Chance on, on this issue, uh, you've been a very big supporter of Chance. Chance has been a supporter of you on several, several other issues. And so um, I just, I, I ask you to remember that. Um, the other thing I, I want to, I'm interested to hear, and I'm asking this question to you just to hear your, your input. Do you think that this is something that the United States should get involved in, our military should get involved in?
1: I don't know. I've kind of gone back and forth on it. Um, I really don't. I really don't have a 100% solid opinion on that.
0: What do you yeah. think? Well, it, it, to me, <clears throat> it's it's one thing to feel a certain way, and then the other thing is what are, what what do you do about? it? And so, uh, and I and I think that that's where a lot of Americans are right now. While many Americans detest what it what has happened, what is happening in that situation, I think that the majority of Americans do not want to get involved. Um, there are a lot of Americans who who are tired of being world police, and uh, but then at the same time, I look at you know this we are the most resource heavy country in the world, and if we're not the world police, who is? Um, someone's got to stand up for for the right things. Um, as you mentioned, it, that that situation is extremely complicated, because it's it's all about, it's really territorial fighting. It's about territory. And it goes back to biblical days. And these are people who have been at war with each other, although peacefully here recently, but they've been at war with, the, with each other for lifetimes. Multiple lifetimes. And so uh, where do we, what side do we you know where do we sit in this whole thing? Because just as upset as we are that they made this attack, the, the counterattack was probably just as bad because it did the same. Excuse me, it did the same amount of damage to innocent people on the other side,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and you know that that can't be ignored either.
1: Well, I'm not, I mean, the war doesn't surprise me, right? These two sides have always been at war. Um, I don't like it or anything, I'm not, but it doesn't surprise me, you know what I mean? What I'm sick of and what I'm tired of seeing is all these woke-ass 20-year-olds that are like, Israel's finally getting what's coming to them. Palestinian freedom. These are freedom fighters. This is the revolution. You think the American Revolution was pretty? Nah, these people are getting what they deserve. That's what disgusts me. And that's what I have a problem with. And that's what I'm sick of seeing. People that have no idea the geopolitical uh, implications of any of this and don't know anything about the people who live there and live through this and just think, oh, this is freedom fighting, this is what it looks like, Like it is absolutely
0: absurd. Absolutely ridiculous. I see that. I definitely see that. Um, This is one of those things for me in the world, when I look at world politics, um, I see it. I hate that that anytime innocent people become uh, pawns In a political game, it's very sad. Uh, The loss of life, especially innocent life, especially children, um, it's very sad to me. Uh, Then I also see this as it's a world away. And how much, when we are doing the same thing on a different level, here in the United States, with our race wars, how much am I able to give mentally to what's going on over there? When I think about what's going on over here, mm-hmm. and so uh, it is devastating. It is it is absolutely devastating to to think that those people were peaceful and sleep and sovereign, and all of a sudden their world was rocked, and then you know, the the immediate knee-jerk was reaction was, well, if you're going to do that to us, we're going to go and do that to you. And so who wins in that situation? Nobody does.
1: Yeah, I mean, none of them are ever going to win, and that's really the problem. I mean, it's like you said, it's a territorial war. Like, we're fighting over territory.
0: Like, we still live in the 15 freaking hundreds, dude. Well, and that's, I mean, that's <sighs> Kind of the price that we put on on the value of land, <laughs> the value of, of land ownership. That's been, you know, that's back in biblical days. It's always been about land. it's it,
1: Always. And we live in two thousand and twenty-three, not biblical days.
0: But it doesn't change. What's about that has changed? We we are obsessed about land ownership now. That's the key to. Everyone says that land ownership is the key to. Future wealth. You gotta own land. You gotta buy something. You gotta buy, gotta buy property and have it in your name. That's something that you can pass down from generation to generation. You know, so so this is what they're fighting for. It's that opportunity to to own that land, to be to have that in their name, and uh, we consider that to be a big damn deal here. So of course they're gonna. Think it's a big damn deal over there too. Uh, very difficult situation. That's a that's a, a strong topic uh, for your millennial rant, and I, I applaud you for taking that on. My rant is over. <laughs> <laughs> for sure, that is a, a, a tough one. Oh man, what I don't know even know how to transition away from that, like. I don't. I don't. I don't know. I. I feel like I'm. I'm stuck. I'm. I'm. I'm the Roomba. That's. Do you have Same place. I'm just I'm stuck. Do you have any recommendations? My recommendation this week is just simply to go to marching contests. Go and check it out. Uh, go and support the arts, uh, especially those people. This is man. This is a good chance for all those people who were coming after the legacy director and telling people that football is just, I mean, that band is just an avenue for football and band only exists because of football. Um, this weekend, go and see something. Go, go to that marching contest and see that it's there won't be a single football out there, yet there will still be marching bands and there's going to be a lot of marching band. There're going to be props all over the place. There're going to be just showmanship like you would not believe. And a lot of times you're going to feel like you're at a broad you're on Broadway because of the showmanship involved in these shows. The production value involved with these shows is just so impressive. Such a high level and uh so I, I, I encourage people, I recommend that people go out to Ravo Stadium. Uh, you can buy tickets on Eventbrite under, I think, Odessa High. They're the hosting school for this particular contest. Uh, I think they're like between 5 and $8. Uh, but go and check that. Go check out UIL Region Marching Contest because Area Contest is going to be in El Paso on October 21st, but the first step. In order to qualify for area contests, you got to get a first division at the region this weekend. Uh, good skill. Best of luck to everyone. You know they say break a leg. I always say to brass players bust a lip. Woodwind players break a reed. Uh, percussion break a stick. Color guard bend a pole. Bend a pole. <laughs> uh, drum majors break a baton. You know all those things, but good luck uh, to all to everyone going to contests this weekend. Can't wait to see you there, Damien, Do you have any recommendations this week?
1: I do, I do. It's a shameless self plug, but uh, me and Serafina are in the middle of our odd October, and so we are rocking the spooky Halloween episodes. Have you listened to any of them? No, no, no. Feelings hurt if you haven't. Not yet. It's totally, fine. but
0: it is on the to do list. And I've been seeing the different episodes posted. It seems really cool and, and uh, interesting. Yeah, I'm not you... really a spooky type of person, but <laughs> I, I I want to hear these episodes. You're not uh, intrigued by the West Texas flush pit? I mean, <laughs> a little bit, but not real. Like, I'm very mixed feelings about that because it's like, do I want to know about this? Am I going to get freaked out? And like, not want to leave my house after fighting <laughs> out. Of the pit. So I, I'm up in the air. <laughs> yeah, but so I am for, intrigued. For all the West
1: Texans, um, I did an episode on the Permian Basin Flesh Pit. Super, super, super fun. Really cool little thing. Um, and then I also did an episode on the history of werewolves. Werewolves are one of my favorite little horror. I just love them. I think they're fun. And then Serafina's done two episodes. I'm not going to really give hers away. I feel like you guys should go and listen to them, but she did do some really, really awesome work there. And then we are doing a couple collaborative projects together as a team for it. It's been a lot of fun. So we've been putting out a lot of really good content with oddity Arcadia. People should definitely
0: listen and check it out. Definitely. Our good friends over there at oddity Arcadia uh, and her oddlings, I encourage all of our Waitwaters to become oddlings. If you aren't already, uh, your life will never be the same in a good way. So, definitely check that. Uh, check out that podcast, especially considering that our our guy Damien, is uh, co-host and heavily involved in projects. So, definitely check that out, good folks. Um, but those are your recommendations for this week. Uh, this has been a good episode. Lots to talk about. Lots going on in the band world. Uh, we'll continue band talk next week, band banter, and uh, uh, talk about some new stuff. So up until then, Damien, if there's nothing else, I'll, I'll sign this off. Go ahead and sign us out of here. Right on. So good folks, we appreciate you listening to this week's episode. Make sure that you share this with your friends. Uh, subscribe to the show where you can find us on Apple Music and Spotify. Um, subscribe. Uh, like, do all those fun things, but definitely, more importantly, most importantly, share it with your friends. Uh, Good Canadian people, we appreciate you listening. As always, we love for you to know what we're all about here in the States and in the great (laughs) state of Texas. Um, And I guess if there's nothing else, good people, we will see you next time. Later.